You're listening to a podcast from Grace Church in Salado, Texas. For more information and resources just like this, visit us online at gracesalado.com. Hello and welcome to the Grace Church Slato podcast. My name is David Laws and I'm joined by Jason Goings, pastor of preaching and vision here at Grace. Jason, thanks for jumping in as always. Yeah. Looking forward to it today. Uh, This past week you were in Nashville, Tennessee. Love the city. Yeah. Sun plays hoops there and got to go for a few games. We did the Franklin thing. Everybody tells us, hey, go to Franklin, you'll like it. So we actually, it's funny you mentioned that, just at Community Group this week we were having a conversation we were talking about... Uh, the the uh, what do you call it bucket list things uh-huh. places you like to go things you like to do or achieve and so destinations came up and a lot of people were like yeah in the western United States you get all the beauty of the mountains and and that type of thing but someone pointed out might have been Daniel that on the eastern United States you get the food like you get really incredible food <laughs> like out in and Franklin came up and we were talking about yeah Kansas City Missouri and Nashville and New Orleans and so yeah it's it's not cheap. No, <laughs> uh, to go visit, uh, but it was a great time. The food was it was good. I mean, it wasn't didn't change your Franklin life. Franklin is cute. Uh, <laughs> it's a, it's like a hybrid of Salado. Are you going to write that Park. review on their Google page? Yeah, like it's, it's it was cute. cute. Now we didn't go we didn't go touring like for people's homes that are famous that live there or anything like that. But yeah, but we were there for a few hours and then we went back into Nashville and you know basically hung out with my son. Went to our first. Uh, my first NHL hockey game. Ah, uh, and I heard that this was like it was a it was a so moment. So everybody tells me you go to one professional hockey game and you're hooked. Well, Nashville does it right. Like it's I'm sure every arena does, but but what you can't control in the crowd is what happened on the ice. That was amazing. Within the first 45 seconds of the game, uh, there were two goals and a fight. And it was like, wow, we... That's we, the dream. Yeah, like that When yeah, you go to a, a hockey cool. game, that's what you want. I remember one time in college, we it was we just randomly stumbled on, I guess, the championship game in hockey. And after five minutes, I thought, I've been missing out on something all my life. Like, this is exciting. It's fast-paced. Like, one of the things I liked about soccer, but crammed in... Oh, and yeah. then you got men on ice, and, like, there's fights. It's just like this wild... Tough as nails. Yeah, yeah. so I've been following hockey for several years. Uh, go Penguins. But I've never been to a game, and uh, I bet but, the Penguins are really thankful for that shout out. Well, yeah, hopefully we'll get some more viewer <laughs> listeners to that. But man, yeah, so 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 basically, it was one of those things that's hyped up that was came through. Franklin for me, not so much, but the the hockey game was great. So wow. and it's always, I mean, the main reason we're there is getting to see my son on his birthday week. So it's fun to see him. So well, I got to say, when we started the podcast, I did not have. Someone lowering the the like incredibleness of Franklin on my bingo card. That okay. was not of my things I expected for us to go. Down it's fine. That road. My wife would kill me if I said that. Yeah, because <laughs> she wants to go back. So, well, if this is your first time listening, you're like, man, these guys are giving some very uninteresting commentary about uh, Eastern barbecue. We do talk about more than just that. Uh, we do this podcast each week so that you would come away just with a greater love for God's word and uh, just having a better idea how you can take it and apply it to your daily life. Uh, so our life verse that we're going to be looking at this week, if you don't know, uh, we memorized a passage of Scripture together each week that correlates with our Bible reading plan. And so this week it's going to be Psalm 145, verses 2 through 3, which is a continuation of last week's passage. And it says this, Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. 
So, uh, Jason, really fun passage for us to dive into. You see the word great three different times. It is just, it is a great passage. Um, So I know we talked about the context of of what's going on here last week. Maybe just remind us of some of the the big things going on here. Yeah, so we'll be looking at this chapter for a while, Um, not just here on the podcast, but in a few weeks we'll be diving into it. Spoiler alert. (laughs) We'll be diving into it at Grace on, on Sunday mornings. Uh, yeah, this is King David. It's a song of praise. I don't know what a lot of the kings in the world, in the history of the world, sing about every day, but this is one king that's made a declaration that I will extol the greatness of God. And so uh, what's happening here is he's saying, I will extol, which means to praise enthusiastically. So here's a king saying, I'm going to praise enthusiastically the one true God. I'm going to do it in public. I'm going to do it always. I'm going to do it forever. And so that sets up this week's Which we didn't even really talk about that last week, but just how contrarian that is to almost every other king in history who, like, build monuments to themselves. They they build cities for themselves. They draw attention to themselves. And here you have a king that yeah. was literally saying, my purpose in life is to pour out the glory on, on some someone else. And so much, not just making a declaration of it, but making it a song and issuing yeah. the song to the people. That's what this is, is you will sing this with me. Yeah. I'm singing this. Come with me. Sing this song of praise. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, let's dive in. What, what do we see going on here? Yeah. So remembering that this is a king who's choosing to enthusiastically praise something and someone beyond himself, beyond his own kingdom stuff, beyond his own... Um, we today we focus on that he is choosing to do this not in some grand State of the Union address, not at the beginning of a football game, okay, let's join it together and pray. No, it says every day he's doing this, every day, every day and forever and ever. I like that. Uh, and so in a way what King David is saying is when I am when I am the king and things are rolling well, I'm praising his name. When I'm the king and things aren't going well, I'm struggling, I will praise his name. When I cease to be king, for whatever reason, whenever that happens, I will still praise his name uh, every day, forever and ever. And so that's the first thing. The first thing is just understanding the daily commitment. And And the second thing is that David is making his daily statement of conviction. You know, he wants to be a man that never stops extolling God. Which, and that's something that kind of sticks out to me too, When I, whenever you mentioned that this wasn't, well, well, you said that he wanted to do this every day, which it says in the passage, like this wasn't just a ceremonial activity that he was he was putting on for display. Like we know from, from reading through the psalm, like looking at the life of David, there was this habitual rhythm of prayer. Like there was this, this abiding with God, this walking with God that just overflowed into prayer so much so that he saw it fit to to form it into what it is here, which is like something that was like done consistently yeah. and regularly. It wasn't just, let me just, you know, carve this out for the sake of doing so. It wasn't yeah. just a ceremonial process. No, it, it's what he loved. He extolled what he loved and he loved God. And it's not about ceremony, not about circumstances feeling and tasting right um it's and and i think especially as more we get into the psalm this is not just a daily habit but this is this is the convicting statement that he wants 
to be able to say every day. Sometimes it's almost like I'm going to say this and this to be true even when I don't feel like it. And the reason why is found in verse three, because even when we don't feel like it, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable. So he's worthy of the praise every day and every day and every day and every day because he is great and he's greatly to be praised. He's not worthy of the praise just because I feel that he might be great or I got the raise or I got the good parking spot. Like I've heard people say, God's so good to me. He gave me this parking spot in front of the grocery. Like, well, God's good anyway, whether yeah. he gave you that spot or made you cross three streets to get to the grocery store. Yeah. He's still good. So Yeah, well, and yeah, this is kind of like an anchoring set of truths that he that he pulls in here, right? These are those truths, I th- and I think to your point, these are those kind of truths that are grounding. Like they keep us rooted in truth when circumstances start fluctuating and suffering comes. This reminder that he's worthy, he's worthy, he's worthy. Great is the Lord, greatly to be praised. Greatness is unsearchable. You know, like yeah. those are those truths that you can almost hear him reminding himself of when things are good and when things start crumbling. Yeah, We, we see him using these kind of truths to stabilize his soul. Mm. Yeah, it, it, the unsearchable. His greatness is unsearchable, meaning... Like David's got to understand that his own reign will come to an end at some point. There's geographical boundaries to how far David reigns as king. There's a boundary of time. How long will he reign as king? David's reign is limited. His greatness is diminished by those limitations, but God's reign is unlimited, it's unsearchable, therefore it never, ever, ever yeah. ends. And so his reign is unsearchable, his greatness is unsearchable. You can't swim deep enough, fly high enough, you know, trek far enough yeah. to, to, you know, go somewhere where his greatness isn't there. Well, and we even see that played out, like, with the apostles in, in the first couple chapters of Acts, when they stand up and they start giving that speech— they're they're talking about Jesus and they start quoting the Old Testament and they're they're talking about David is still in his grave but yeah. but Jesus rose again like there's a whole nother sphere of authority and kingship yeah. which is beyond the greatness mm-hmm. of David and like the fact that David even was aware of that himself there's this greater reality outside myself my kingdom's one day going to crumble um in the sense that it, we know that, that Jesus came from from David and, and that promise was given to him. But, you know, like his earthly kingdom wasn't going to last forever. But even he was aware of that and anchored himself in this greater kingdom. Sure. Love it. Yeah. Well, all right. Let's, let's start looking at application then uh, and just trying to make sense of if these things are true, what do we do with it? How can we take this and kind of ingrain it and embed it into our daily life? So I want to present three possible applications from from last week's verse and this week's passage and then ask you why you why I, why you might see that as important so I'm setting you up here uh, the first one is this um, application to this is is look up like see and declare that there is one that is bigger bigger than yourself bigger than ourselves bigger than our enemies bigger than our struggles that we're currently feeling make the commitment like King David to look to the one who's unsearchable. So the application is make the commitment to look up. Why is that important? I'm going to freehand this, but the first thought that came to my mind as you were saying that is the idea that 
truth is not normally louder than our feelings. Like our feelings are by default, I think, going to be louder than than these truths. Like when you're struggling and your circumstances start crumbling, this this conviction that God is greater and God is better and God is worthy and God is worth it, I don't think that's going to be louder than whatever emotion you're feeling in the moment. And so there has to be this intentional looking up to anchor ourselves in the same way we kind of talked about David doing. Like he's rooted in these truths. And if you think about how roots work, like they go down deep, they're they're they keep that tree, they're so strong, they keep the tree upright, you know? And and so I, I when I think of why is it important to to look up like this, I, I just think it's because it's necessary. We're we're prone to let our feelings and what our circumstances be louder than the reality of the Bible. Sure. The so, of the Bible. so the looking is is the seeking it, seeking the bigness of it. Yeah. yeah. So it's seeking beyond your own feelings, which yeah. leads to the second application, which will come with another question. <laughs> um, so the first application is make a commitment to look up and look out, yeah. like from your feelings. Okay. I like how you put that, you know, outside of yourself. The second application is it's important to declare this with conviction even when you don't feel it. So so the way that would look and different to the first one, let's say you're having trouble looking up and looking out. Sure. Um, it's still important, like King David, I will declare this. David, why is that important? Yeah. Even if you can't see it, can't seek it, it's important. To, it kind of. I think you kind of already answered it in the first answer. Well, but. yeah, they at least relate. They overlap. Like the first thought that came to my mind was the the passage from the song or the hymn "Come Thou Found," where it says that we're just prone to wander. Like there's this reality that we just drift from God, and um, unless there's an active abiding in that process, and I, so I think that process of declaring it to be true is again. I think there's something stabilizing, anchoring about that that allows the truth to be firmer than our circumstances. Like, uh, I almost, exactly. yeah. I almost yeah. imagine this, this image in my mind of like a river where the water's moving, 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 this current is pulling, but there's a tree just right smack mm. in the middle of the water that's mm. just rooted and nothing's going to move it, you yeah. know? Um, so God's greatness that's unsearchable, declaring that is something that anchors you. So the first application, look up, look out. So the, the second application is declare it with a conviction. Third application, do it every day. Hmm. Every day. That's what David's saying here, right? Yeah. Every day I will say this. David at this point has everything he needs. I mean, he's the king. Like, yeah. Uh, and so when you have plenty and when you don't have anything – can't you see why it's important to declare God's greatness in both circumstances? So yeah. tell us well, why that would be important. Well, again, the thought that comes to mind is like the great sin of the Israelites, which is the great sin of us as a people, which is the we forget. Like just the forget, like the command to remember is one of the most disobeyed commands in the Bible. Like I feel like that's something that God's been kind of repeatedly teaching me, you <laughs> reminding me, I guess you could say like throughout this year is is the importance of remembering and because it doesn't happen by default. And and so this process of every day believing these things to be true, intentionally holding on to them, declaring them, uh, ingraining them in ourselves, I think it's necessary because we just don't remember. Uh, I think the reality of mankind is that there is something in us where our, our gaze 
drifts towards the things of this world and we look laterally we don't look vertically and and so i think we have to do something that intentionally redirects our focus like yeah. it resets what what we're anchoring ourselves to so a lot of great metaphors and pictures i like the anchor from the last answer as you, we use it as holding on to to this truth as an anchor so we don't get swept up in doubt and and brokenness but also it's an anchor so we don't get swept up in affluency and culture in the other way. So yeah. declaring this every day is going to do both of those things, right? Yeah. Like it's going to be hanging on and declaring um, kind of – and that's kind of what you're saying here with this answer, the importance yeah. of not getting swallowed up yeah. in the despair or in the uh, reckless jubilation. Yeah. But instead I'm I'm – declaring he is king forever and ever and ever, no matter what. Yeah. And so here's another image. Yesterday and the day before, I'm teaching um, our middle child how to ride her bike. And so, you know, I'm out in the streets, my back's hurting because I'm hunched mm-hmm. over, grabbing her seat, you know, helping her ride. And she You're started, I'm, I'm, I tell you what, I'm feeling Welcome. a lot more than Welcome. I felt with my first <laughs> child, which was just a couple years ago, yeah. you know, and I'm like, am I aging this quickly? Like, I didn't hurt like this. Your greatness is limited. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I'm feeling it's, it. It's very searchable. Yeah. But, you know, so we're, we're riding and she was actually starting to pick it up. And what would happen is she would get it. And all of a sudden she would start looking around her to see if mom was looking or see if pops was looking. And, and she starts looking off to the left and right. And what happens immediately, those handlebars yank to the left or right and she tanks and I'm having to grab her and, and catch her. And, the, and I just kind of have the same image here of like, your focus has to stay where your focus needs to be or else you just go crashing to one side or the other. You know, like you said, if you think of that idea of, on one side of the bike is is the grief and despair, and on the other side is that that um, just uncontrollable jubilation at, at just somewhat trivial things, you know, the things that come and things that go. And there's something about just being locked in and looking straight ahead at what we ought to be focused on that's stabilizing. It keeps us upright. It keeps us in the position mm-hmm. uh, and posture that we're supposed to be. And, I, and that's that's – I, I don't know. It's like five, six different metaphors I'm throwing out there. Maybe one, maybe one of them <laughs> but sticks. But that's the point, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like so important, the simplicity of what the psalm is saying. And just say it again, every day, if I emphasize it for myself, every day, I will bless you, God. I will praise your name, not only today, but I'm going to do it forever and ever, because great is the Lord, you're greater than the jobs, you're greater than salaries, you're greater than rewards, you're greater than misery, you're greater than great as the Lord and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable. Mm. It's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, God, for giving us people who wrote songs like this, inspired by the Holy Spirit, as Psalm one forty five is. And again, it's not fair. I've I've been basking in this psalm and Psalm nineteen for several months yeah. as we're getting ready to do series on them. It's beautiful. So join us at Grace this next few weeks. Yeah, and just to encourage you, if you're listening to this, like, if that sounds like an intimidating task of Mm -hmm. every day this, like, this is a a joyful thing. Like, we're talking about, like, come and feast at this table every day. Like, this is is an incredible opportunity. Yeah, another metaphor, feast at the table. (laughs) One of these is going to stick. If I say enough of them. Come get anchored. Come feast. Come. Yeah. Yeah. But like, like he's, he's worth it. I guess that yeah, is where yeah, I was going yeah. with that. You know, is like this everydayness. It's not like, Hey, you need to add this task mm-hmm. to your to-do list. It's, 
hey, you have the opportunity every day to come and experience the giver of life. And this this one that said, come to me and I'll, I'll give you life that's more abundant than whatever it is that you're experiencing from the things of this this world. And so I want, the, I want the listener to be encouraged by that, you know, not feeling like this burden of I got to do more, but understand this is this is for your joy. If you if you can mimic the life of David here, not all the life of David, but this this piece of it, this this constant everyday like latching on to God, that there's gonna be a joy that follows that. Well, I, I think we uh, might have gone a little bit long today, but we want to thank you for for joining us and listening to the Grace Ladle podcast. We hope that this discussion spurs you on your love for Jesus and your love for people this week. And we'll see you next Wednesday for our episode on the next few verses uh, in Psalm 145, verses 4 through 5, which say, One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works. I will meditate. We'll see you next week.